All right, another day, another dollar here in post-apocalyptic America. And uh, in this brief window of opportunity where my cat is not annoying me, uh, we're going to do the last update for the company of the year. Last update of 2022. Uh, so some of you guys are saying you don't get it. Trump is playing 5D chess and all this stuff. You criticize Trump for the NFT playing cards, but really, David, there were secret codes in the cards. Whatever. I don't have time for this. We don't have time for this as a country. Okay? You want to play little trading card games with Trump? Go for it. He's not the future. He's not on the same level as Elon Musk. These Twitter files, part one through eight, uh, all the previous videos, go through them if you want to watch. Parts one through eight of the Twitter files make WikiLeaks of several years ago. Makes the WikiLeaks look like amateur hour. That's the warm-up act at the comedy club. It's the nobody who goes on stage to warm up the crowd. And now we've got this guy, Elon Musk, happens to be the world's wealthiest person. And he buys a social platform, social media platform, and starts outing all the dirty undies, all the dirty laundry of the former owners of the company. Almost unheard of, almost unheard of in American history to have a whistleblower who is also the owner of the company, who is also the world's richest person, nearly double the wealth of Bill Gates. And uh, people act like this guy is just, you know, like a bull in a china shop, like he's just causing chaos. He's literally the wealthiest person on the planet. So what's the end game here? What is the end game? Uh, one second, there we go. All right, so that's the preview over on TikTok. And uh, now we'll delve into stuff a little bit. Last update of the year, once again, feel free to share away. And uh, so the total Spark Notes version, if you haven't really been paying attention this month, is that these Twitter files revealed that the FBI, the Pentagon, and other government actors were pretty much controlling Twitter for at least the last few years, and probably for much longer. Uh, the earliest emails are from 2019, it seems, 2019 or so. And then accelerating after the election, big crackdown on people, even in the United States, for doing things as mild as mocking the election outcome or telling jokes, jokes about Joe Biden's age, obvious First Amendment violation for federal agencies and even the Defense Department to be sitting on social media, sitting there watching American citizens converse, and then emailing Twitter executives on the trust and safety team including John Podesta's niece, emailing these, these you know, people at Twitter and telling them to ban accounts and to boost certain messages and boost certain topics and trends and make things trend that are not actually popular. This is like, I mean, conspiracy theory heyday. So that's what was uncovered in, in brief. And uh, you can go through on our website. We'll put a link in the description so you can go through and see these screenshots and stuff because it's extraordinary. I was going to take this whole month off, except for a few little little uh, updates. I was going to take this whole month off, and then, you know, December 2nd, back on the 2nd, is when the Twitter files first started dropping. And again, there's never been anything like this in history, where a guy buys a social media and software company, which was favored by many politicians and many celebrities for the last, you know, 10 years, favored as one of their biggest platforms. And he just starts outing all the transgressions of the former ownership back when it was a public company and should not have been doing this stuff. Anybody who says, oh, well, they're a private company. If they want to 
collude with the government all day long. That's their prerogative. Except it isn't. Back when it was a public company that traded on an American stock exchange and that filed quarterly with the SEC, they would have had to disclose all this being in bed with the government and First Amendment violation stuff. And it seems like they never did. And so this is a, a big can of worms, and I don't know where the end game is, where the end game is for Musk. But to think again that this is some dumb guy who is just batting at a hornet's nest with no possible end game, I don't think is accurate. This is a very methodical person from having no money, it seems, or very little money, and uh, founding this company that later was bought up by PayPal and then from selling his shares of PayPal to launching SpaceX and Tesla. Tesla took over the electric car market and SpaceX single-handedly brought down the cost of orbital launches per kilogram, single-handedly brought down the cost of doing business in space and sending stuff into orbit. So to think this is just some internet troll who doesn't know what he's doing, I think is a big uh, miscalculation on the part of some people in the media. Off to work on improving that process of switching over after doing the video intro. It's just kind of jarring, you know, because you're looking into a camera and then you got to immediately switch to kind of chill audio mode for the rest of the podcast. There's something weird about it. We just got to figure that out. Maybe we record the whole thing in video and then do like little outtakes of the best parts. That might make more sense. I'll have to talk to Missy about that and see. Uh, but yeah, so this is the last update of the year, unless there's any extraordinary, you know, act of God type news that needs to be covered. And again, this Twitter files took us by storm. We had a quiet month in store. And instead, from the second onward, it's been these extraordinary drops from Elon Musk and the journalists that he is... Uh, the journalists that he's conscripted to analyze these email exchanges and these documents and then summarize it over on Twitter. And then that's been the format so far is that the journalists that he picks go through the files, they tweet out as like a thread, as a bunch of tweets, they share the biggest findings and then Musk retweets it to his hundred something million followers. So uh, it's definitely been an interesting end of the year for us. And uh, as I sip on this glass of wine that's uh, Australian Penfolds, second bottle of Penfolds, uh, to celebrate our growth in Australia, top 100 for our, our category for daily news. Pretty incredible. Thank you, guys. And doing well in New Zealand also. I think these are countries that were hard hit by the lockdowns. And so now they're hungry for... Uh, independent news. I won't say alternative because we're actually the mainstream. The fact that the mainstream has gotten so bizarre, a bunch of carnival barkers, a bunch of circus monkeys for the uh, failing central banks and big pharma and so on and so forth. They're actually the weirdos. We're just sitting here talking and analyzing, analyzing stuff that comes across our desk and doing so without any inherent agenda. You know, obviously, I like to see good stuff succeed, and I like to see wicked people be punished and stuff. But I think those are like pretty basic human instincts. That's not partisan. It's just human. So uh, as we do end this year, though, a couple little 
sticking points that just kind of stick in my crawl. And the first one, of course, is this outrageous overnight threat from the Senate. Overnight, out of nowhere, no prior warning or notice. Overnight threat from Sherrod Brown, a friend of John Podesta's. This guy who looks like he's looks like he's not getting the top shelf adrenochrome. That's for sure. This old meth head looking guy in the Senate. Sherrod Brown has called for the complete banning of crypto in the United States, which is obviously a property right violation, obviously unconstitutional, but it has had an impact on the market. It's already been a, the longest bear market since I've been in crypto. Uh, the, the longer bear market before that, I wasn't even in crypto at that point uh, and not yet come into it. And uh, this guy has just wiped people's values less than a week before Christmas. And it's totally unacceptable. It's essentially what he did is economic terrorism. He needs to resign. This old pizza head needs to go back to sucking up to John Podesta. Because he needs to fucking resign. Harming millions of Americans' uh, net worth. As many as 20% of Americans own one or more cryptos. And many of those are people in law enforcement, people in the military, and students and retirees and other middle class people who don't appreciate being fucked less than a week before Christmas out of nowhere by this goddamn pizza head who's a friend of the Podesta families. They don't appreciate it and I don't appreciate it. And it makes America look like a banana republic to go from the United States SEC last year approving three Bitcoin futures based ETFs, approving three of them which signals to the market that it's not something that's going to be imminently outlawed, right? There's no, uh, no ETF for cocaine. <laughs> Yet three ETFs based on Bitcoin futures, all approved by Uncle Sam. And then they let Coinbase list on the NASDAQ, right, next to companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon, which again signals to the market that they're not going to do an overnight ban and this pizza head out of nowhere, again, less than a week before Christmas, wrecks everybody's values below where we were five years ago. A Bitcoin price, I mean, below where it was five years ago. Incredible. Incredible betrayal. But what hasn't been a betrayal the last couple of years? Forcing these fucking heart attack mRNA shots on our young and healthy. And, you know, first they went for our health. Now they're coming for our wealth. I've never seen such mismanagement in government. Who the fuck do these people think they are? Who do these old boomer pizza heads think they are to wreck our wealth less than a week before Christmas? So that sticks in my crawl a little bit. We're gonna do a lot of research on Sherrod Brown. Everybody on planet Earth, go on the WikiLeaks website, do a search for Sherrod Brown, S-H-E-R-R-O-D is how you spell his first name. Brown is just Brown, how you spell Brown. And uh, see what you find and post it on Twitter. Hashtag Sherrod Brown Files. Post it on Twitter. We'll retweet it. Sherrod Brown Files. Uh, and the other thing that sticks to my crawl is like this weird learning disability or something. This weird learning impediment that is cropped up among some people in the truth community. And luckily it's not all that many people. But I still want to clear the air. I still don't want to have the same conversation over and over again with different people like Groundhog's Day or something. And that's that there's some misunderstanding that just because Trump got screwed over 
by corrupt Washington, D.C. and corrupt agencies that didn't like him. Just because he got screwed over doesn't also make him an asshole. Doesn't also make him... Uh, it does, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact that he's a total asshole, that he completely mismanaged every opportunity handed to him, squandered the biggest opportunity for populism ever, completely squandered it, picked people who... Uh, picked people on the basis of how much drama they generate, as if he was doing a reality TV casting call, instead of filling out his White House cabinet with people who were loyal to him, and people who were, you know, America first. Instead of doing that, he, he, he associated with people who don't like him and did their best to bring him down. And now he slams, he slams the people who work at the FBI every day. He criticizes them. He and his son go on these, these wild rants on the internet. They're, you know, completely bizarre, completely unpresidential. And yet the FBI is run by the person that he, he nominated, that he appointed, Trump's guy, Chris Wray. And so, again, you can acknowledge that Trump had a hard deal and people were not honest to him in D.C. And also go, wow, what a fuck up. What a complete fuck up of a human being, including his scammy NFT trading cards. After years of saying crypto is a scam, he comes out with something 100 times scammier than any crypto we've ever talked about here on the show. <laughs> and people celebrate that. Oh, it's wonderful. Look at what he did. He can make money. Wait, I thought he's good at making money. He's got to scam people for a couple million bucks on the internet. This supposed real estate mogul. So again, it doesn't make me not a truther because I think Trump's a dick. Trump's just the dick. And then people go, oh, does that mean you support Biden? No. Again, the two things are not mutually exclusive. So hopefully more people in the truth community will come around to that. And also, you don't have to do purity tests when you're not in power, right? These weird MAGA people are like, oh, you don't support Trump as much as I do. That's right. I don't support him at all. He's, again, a fuck up. Either it was some kind of controlled opposition honeypot or will go down as one of the least effective leaders of the last 200 years. So see you guys in the new year. Hey everyone, if you're listening to the podcast, be sure to also bookmark our website for breaking news updates and analysis throughout the week, fulcrumnews.com. And join the discussion over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash fulcrumnews.